The refugee crisis is made up of millions of tragic stories, but in the last 24 hours, one has resonated around the world, and its links to Canada are playing out politically. Let's talk more about that with our At Issue panel. Bruce is in Calgary tonight. Andrew is here in Toronto. And in for Chantal tonight from Ottawa, Jennifer Ditchburn of the Canadian Press Ottawa Bureau. So we saw, we heard from the aunt that her brother told her, you know, I feel like the whole world is watching my story now. Where were they before? Um, the government was scrambling, the Canadian government was scrambling today. Is this, Andrew, a pivotal, a pivotal moment for Stephen Harper and how he's handled this? Well, it's both larger and smaller than it appears. I mean, as the boy's aunt was suggesting, this was, uh, there was a refugee crisis long before this one child was photographed and sent around the world. And similarly, there was an issue with the way in which the government was handling this crisis, its contribution to it, long before what blew up into this uh, controversy over whether the Minister of Immigration was personally responsible for denying his application. That it certainly has been called attention to, and it will certainly become a, I would imagine, it's a continuing issue in the, in the election. But I don't think, I think some of the more excited commentary that you heard that this was going to be the end of Stephen Harper because of this one controversy, I think, uh, is not true. And it appears now it wasn't an official application, it, it was just a letter. But Jennifer, what's your read on how much harm has been done here to the, the Harper government? I, I think that's sort of hard to assess, but when you have an issue where everyone's focused, the public, it's not, um, we're not talking about complicated economic issues. We're talking about something, a photograph that people shared widely on social media, that people talk about at home with their children, with their spouses, with their friends. I mean, I think that's why you saw the conservative campaign kick into action so quickly because they realize this is a story that touches so many people, that touches so many people who are refugees themselves in Canada. And I think it also has probably some resonance in the conservative base because you have a lot of people connected with churches and church groups that are, are focused on refugees and bringing um, refugees into Canada. So I think those are sort of the different facets for why they acted the way that they did. Bruce? Uh, well, Wendy, just before I answer uh, the question, I, um, I've said this before and I want to say it again every once in a while during this campaign because it is an election campaign that uh, uh, unlike the other panelists, I do have people in my family who are involved in politics and I think it's important that viewers know that. My daughter, uh, one of my daughters is involved in the Liberal campaign. Um, one of my brothers is involved in the Conservative campaign. So I just wanted to state that again for the record. In terms of how I see um, today and yesterday's events uh, playing out politically, uh, I've been in airport lounges in Calgary and Lethbridge today, and what I was able to observe was, uh, you know, there's often TV on, TV's on in those situations, but people aren't paying much attention. They were really paying attention to this story as it was being covered today uh, in both places, and I, and I felt like this really was a moment where people were quite moved by what was going on, were starting to pay attention to something that they perhaps hadn't paid very much attention to before. And I think that the way that the Prime Minister responds and continues to respond is going to matter, although I don't know that I would say that it's pivotal. I think there are two parts to his response that uh, will have an impact on people. One is uh, the sense of empathy uh, that they get from him, and the second is the substance of what he says about what's going on. I don't think they want him to take a partisan position, and as I watched the course of his remarks uh, over over today, I guess a couple of iterations, it did look as though he was slipping into a little bit more partisan territory, uh, making it clear that he had a view about what the cause was of, uh, of the crisis 
and that his opponents didn't. And I'm not sure that's going to wear very well if he continues down that road. We'll talk about the other parties in just a moment, but maybe, Andrew, we'll move on to Chris Alexander, the Minister of Citizenship and Immigration. Yesterday, Rosemary Barton did this now famous interview uh, with him where he refused to answer pretty serious questions on the refugee crisis. Today, he left his riding, went back to deal with the, with the issue. Uh, there's been quite the pylon on him. Is, is it fair? Yes and no. It's a culmination of things. He's a much diminished figure. I think people had very high expectations for him when he went into politics, based on his record as an ambassador in Afghanistan. I think a lot of people would say that he has disappointed in terms of he's come across very partisan, sometimes very shrill. He certainly had a very bad day on that show yesterday. And then to have this land on top of it, I think it did lead to a certain degree of pile-on where people were prepared to believe the worst of him as I say, on the facts of this case, which turned out not to be as people thought they were. Uh, so I think he, he um, was unfairly piled on to that extent. Jennifer, what do you think? And did he repair the damage? He was back with, with Rosie today. Well, I'll, I'll say no. And the, and the reason for that um, is I think it, and you're going to find this a bit strange, but I think it's the same problem that's dogged the conservative campaign on the ethics issue on the Mike Duffy affair. And that's that um, when people want straight answers and straight facts, they seem to never be able to give them. And yeah. so in this case on the refugee crisis, we, we asked today whether there was a scrum outside here just on the street with him. And we asked, okay, tell us about how you're speeding up the process, which was sort of the genesis of that that um, scene between Rose, Rosemary Barton and him yesterday. Um, how, what are you doing to speed up the rate of people coming into this country? And he said, you know, there's these groups that say we're doing a great job at speeding up the rate. So, but let's look at the actual numbers. So uh, between um, 2013 and 2017, 2,374 Syrian refugees have come out out of a promised 11,300. So I think you just have to look at the, the facts to see how many, what's the speed or the rate of the, the refugees coming into Canada to understand that they're not putting out all the facts into the table in sort of an accurate way. Quick word on Chris Alexander, Rebers. Well, I think he arrived in politics with very high expectations, uh, quite a brainy fellow with good experience. And it really has been the case that he's come off often far, far more partisan than people expected him to be. Uh, today, he looked as though he found that zone of what his job really is, is somebody who's acting on behalf of Canadians and speaking with their thoughts and values in mind, rather than somebody who's there just to represent the partisan interests of the Conservatives. Uh, but he's damaged himself a lot over the years. Uh, I, you know, He did better today, but it remains to be seen how well he'll handle this file going forward. Well, let's talk about the two other leaders of the, the major parties. Uh, Jennifer, uh, Tom Mulcair, Justin Trudeau out today condemning Harper and... Justin Trudeau was saying, you know, you're inventing compassion all of a sudden. Is, is that fair or are they just scoring points? I mean, obviously everybody's horrified by, by what happened, but we are in a campaign. Right. And so I have no doubt that um, the leaders of the opposition, just like the prime minister, they're obviously looking at, at that picture and at the whole situation with a great deal of empathy, but they're also making their calculations. I mean, if you're around politics, you know that's what they, they do. They're looking to see how can we gracefully score some political points on this issue. And it's a dangerous, it's, it's sort of a, a, a dangerous stance that they do because they don't want to come off looking crass. I think the best scenario for the opposition is to go with the facts. You know, don't, um, don't sort of try to get into the, the blame game. The facts are, are the, probably the most interesting part, even on the ISIS issue. When the prime minister says that these refugees are uh, fleeing ISIS and that that's what we have to do to stop this crisis, it ignores all the facts that go 
um, to the beginning of the, the, the Syrian conflict in 2011 and, and uh, Bashar al-Assad and all the rest of it. So I think if the opposition sticks with that, then they're probably going to have more success. Andrew? And I should say, I thought Tom Mulcair struck a much more statesmanlike tone of the two. It, Trudeau seemed a little too much to be trying to score the points on the particular gotcha with Chris Alexander. Uh, Mulcair was quit, was said, you know, it's too soon to fix blame and moved it much more sure-footedly onto this larger issue of how has the government been handle, handling the refugee crisis more generally. I must say, going forward, there's not a whole lot of difference between what the parties are proposing in the future, but I think it's absolutely fair to say that the government's been very slow off the mark until now. Well, and, and Tom Mulcair was comparing that photo to the, the photo from the Vietnam War of the little girl after the, the napalm bomb. Is... Is that real? I'm coming back to the, the question at the beginning of this discussion. Is this really that kind of moment for us? It's possible. And I mean, consider the, the history that I mean, Mr. Alexander was talking about Canadian history and our great humanitarian history. Um, think about the Kosovo War in 1999. So we, we took in 5,000 people, over 5,000 people with the help of the Canadian military in less than a year. I think it was between April and December. Um, so I think a lot of people remember that. They, they remember Kosovo, they remember Uganda, uh, they remember Yugoslavia, they remember Vietnam. And so when they see that we've only taken in 2,700 people in a few years, they, I think people are smart enough to know that that pace is incredibly, incredibly well, slow. Well, Bruce, you're, you're the pollster here. I mean, do Canadians really care about I mean, we're all talking about it now, but is it something that really resonates and could affect people's votes? Well, we live in an era where people pay attention to issues for brief periods of time, and the news cycle moves on and attention shifts. So I don't know exactly how well um, the attentiveness of the Canadian public is going to remain on this issue. It will have a lot to do with the kind of media coverage that we see going forward. But I think the larger question here is, is this a moment where people are wondering, where are our values as a country? Have they changed? And in this election campaign, you really do have a choice between uh, more progressive-styled uh, parties and a more conservative-styled conservative party and, and leader. And I think to the extent that this has aroused a real debate about how humanitarian a country Canada is, are we living up to what our sense of our own values is, I think that could be a potentially important uh, issue in this election. And how it will uh, affect the outcome depends entirely on how the leaders uh, deal with the substance of the issues as well as the empathy side of the question. Well, I guess forward. what's not up for debate is it was another big day on the campaign trail. Thanks so much for coming in again today. Thank you.